Peloton Coast is a podcast focused on housing neighborhoods, quality of life, and community in Maine. We host conversations about issues that on the surface are black and white, but just under the surface have incredible color and complexity. We hope that by showcasing the similarities underlying different viewpoints, we can build understanding and make our world a better place. I'm your host, Liz Trice. Hi, so this is Monday, February 26th. This is Liz Trice here with Seven Siegel. Seven Siegel is a town councilor in Gorham. And we're going to talk about the Gorham Connector today. How are you doing, Seven? Doing well. A little tired, especially just having a, having an infant will take a lot out of you. But yeah, excited to talk about the Gorham Connector. I'm, I'm one of those people that gets excited by boring things like that. So tell me, tell our readers the basics about it. I got interested in this because I think we already have too many highways in the world and I'm worried about green space and sound pollution and want more transit and things like that. But I wanted to know, like, when we first touched base about this, you said it was like very nuanced and you've been very involved and understand the big picture of this. So tell us where do things stand now and what is the big picture and how did we get here? Yeah, there's... There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of different organizations even involved. Actually, I don't think people necessarily realize between the town of Gorham and, and the towns of Westbrook, Scarborough, and South Portland, who are also involved, and the MTA, Main Turnpike Authority, which is different than DOT, and even that, and, and DOT is involved as well, and, and so just as well as DEP, Environmental Protection, is definitely a part of it. The And this is one of those things where it's been in the making for years, right? This thing has been discussed for a while. So this is not like a new concept by any stretch. And we're just now actually seeing it come more to fruition, where land is being purchased, plans are getting formalized, and the actual building feels five years away rather than feels question mark. This came from, I think, two pieces, right? There, there's uh, two different parts that I think are important to discuss. One is how we're, as a country, we're addicted to highways. We're addicted to building highways. We love building them, and we love expanding them. Every time it gets full of traffic, they'll just widen it and build more, which if you follow a lot of the common writing about just kind of planning in general, there's, of course, induced demand. And basically what that says is the more that you make something available, so the more roads you build, the more people are going to drive. And what happens with every single time, every single time they expand a roadway, over time, the traffic comes back because induced demand just every single time. Uh, and so that's one piece of it. The other side of it is, and this is my opinion, this is how it should have been built in the first place. When you look at other countries and how they've built, their highways are away from their cities. And if you look at what we've done, we cut highways through cities. And currently, Gorham, our downtown, 
exists at the intersection of 25 and 114, which are both state highways. And right now, if you want to get out west from here, you need to drive through 25. I live on 25 Main Street, what should be a place of prosperity and wealth for the town is a state highway. And that means it is state owned. And at the core, DO at the state, their core goal is to get as many cars through as possible in an area. That's what they care about is the vehicle numbers and making sure they get through as smoothly as possible. We as a town want our downtown to be a place that people stop and people exist, pedestrians and businesses and people come to. Those two goals are at odds with one another. And there are, you can see this if you drive down Route 1 and all the areas where Route 1 just cuts through a downtown, it's not enjoyable. And I'm sure they weren't forward thinking back when this was just the one road to go to get to out west. It has hurt Gorm's ability to have a thriving downtown. And if done from the beginning, it's better to have a highway on the outside that can let you go around so you can still have a town where people can arrive to rather than just drive through. That's better than what we have now, which is just our downtown is a highway. That was a long answer. I hope that was helpful. Absolutely. Let's see, there's a bunch of places we can go from here. One thing I'm curious is just the whole concept of the Turnpike Authority, the fact that it seems that like there's no vote or political process around. Is that true or is there a public process that I'm missing? There is public process and there is public input. There are going to be public hearings. That is a thing that definitely has to happen. There is not, however, a vote in terms of the council isn't saying we agree to this happening or not. The Turnpike's going through private land and the Turnpike Authority has purchased the land from the landowners. Specifically in Gorham, the Turnpike is going through a closed golf course. So in terms of people worried about what land is being taken, a golf course that is no longer being used is pretty good in terms of potential land that might be hurt because of it, at least when it comes to Gorham. Because I am a Gorham town councilor, most of my vision kind of drops once you go past the town line. I'm very focused on what happens within the municipality. Yeah, the, the MTA process, yeah, it's executive branch, not legislative. And so there isn't officials in that area. I guess the governor is the elected official for the executive branch. What are the openings at this point? I know there was originally supposed to be a highway through what is now the Four River Sanctuary to connect to Westbrook and or to connect 295 to 95 there. And I don't know exactly what happened because I saw the maps that had the, the proposal on it 
And then I know there was an oil spill in the harbor and I know we ended up with a preserve there instead. And I don't know exactly the whole process. So I'm curious, that probably doesn't happen too often. And I'm curious, what what are the next steps here? I know that Smiling Hill Farm has been resisting. I, I know that there's some people who are resisting. What's What do you see as the path here? It was like, is resistance futile? What's the, what do you see as, and also I know there's questions around wanting to have density around Gorham where the exit would be, but there's no water and sewer there. So I'm curious, and I, then I, when I hear $50 million a mile, all my transit friends say, wow, we could have a lot of transit, or, you know, $250 million or whatever it is. I'm curious about the, from here, what are the options going forward? Yeah, I see this as something that is happening. And we need to make the best of the situation by there are a lot of the reasons that people are very against highways, which truthfully I am, is because often when they build a highway, that's just all they do and they don't do anything else. And it really doesn't help the whole system. For instance, you can not have induced demand. Induced demand is not a foregone conclusion every time you build an extra road. What you need to do is reduce demand in other parts. So if the connector is coming in and we don't want induced demand to happen, we can make our downtown less car friendly and more pedestrian and, well, just business friendly and more of a downtown rather than a drive, rather than a thoroughfare, then we don't necessarily have to have induced demand. In addition, we, as the town of Gorham, were truthfully very forward looking in terms of making, uh, it, figuring this will happen. And so we have also zoned the area around the turnpike to be incredibly dense. Single family homes are not allowed there. It is mixed use, apartment is mixed use, multifamily only, or commercial, sorry, mixed use, commercial, multifamily only. So our plan is for to make it, to make sure that we have an area of Gorm that is very dense, where there aren't single family homes. And we're taking advantage of having this connector here. And we've heard if you go back to council meetings where Peter Mills has come to the council meeting and talked about this zone change, he's talked about how this connector is like 10 minutes to IDEX, 10 minutes to main med. It's going to be a place where a lot of people will want to live and we are zoning it accordingly. Our Minimum minimum square foot dwelling size, minimum dwelling unit size is there there is none. It's just whatever the sewer and water will allow for. And this is the one hurdle we need to get over, which is there is not sewer and water out there. And we definitely we at least need public water out there to really allow for the density that we want, but doable because also with this project, they're digging up a lot and so while they're doing this we're trying to make for our planning so that we can get water to go in at the same time 
that this is happening so that we can save a lot of money in the process and allow for housing to be built. If the city of Portland got all worried about the connector and its climate effects, look at the zoning we have for it. Portland doesn't even have this level of density that we're talking about. Single-family homes aren't allowed. You show me a spot in Portland where single-family homes aren't allowed. Like Actually, now with 2003, there you can't. But of course, most of Portland is already single-family homes. Yeah, look, we've, as a separate conversation, yeah. we can talk about 2003. Yeah. I We spent all this time implementing it. I'm chair of the ordinance committee. It's not going to do, it's not going to do anything. But anyway. Is, is this area that's going to be dense near the highway, is it close enough to the town center that they're going to be able to walk there? Or are they going to have to get in their cars to like go to a food store to get to the center of town? Is a quick trip on the bypass to get to a food store. However, with the population density that we're talking about, there will probably be a food store there. And I have also been looking at our maps and it will be very easy for us to put a multi-use trail in the, what we're calling the South Gorm Crossroads to bike, or if you want a longer walk, walk to the Gorm Village. But I foresee just due to the, what will in the long term be the population down there, there'll be food. So is it designed to be a whole new village center where most of the people who live there won't have to get in the car in order to- That's that's the hope and plan, right? So if the two options for house, if, if the two options for housing are either apartment building or mixed use, you didn't have yeah, apartment building or a business right there. And so with this opportunity or just commercial, and so you're going to have this opportunity for like business on bottom, housing on top, throughout this whole area yeah are you requiring like parking spaces per units or have you gotten rid of all the parking requirements as well we have parking minimums much to my dismay however liz as you type this out we have strong waivers in place to really limit the amount of parking so while at the beginning of the section it may say parking required. We have, for instance, waivers around if you're close to a bus stop, which we have the Husky line uh, now, which is pretty great. And we are hopefully going to become a, a full member of Metro in the next few months. If stuff like that, we have if you're within distance of, of a multi-use path. Let's see here many other waivers if you're nearby off-site like off if you're nearby on street parking you can use those as well so while it is there we have allotted for a number of ways for places to not have to build parking however this is statewide here if you do not put in a parking maximum it won't matter when business businesses will want to build the maximum amount of parking that they can, just, just that's how private development goes. This is what I've been learning when you put in ordinances. That's not my experience in Portland, but but also I would also just consider I am 15 minutes outside of Portland, and it is basically another universe out here. 
uh, has been the, I think, the wildest thing for me is just feeling and seeing how different Portland is, even just to Gorm. Keep in mind, we also have a quarter of the population of Gorm. We have 18,000 and Portland has 65,000. Try and do math. Anyway. A little bit more about like when you say Portland and Gorham are really different universes and from your perspective of wanting to live in a world where you don't have to drive to get everywhere like what's a vision you have for how that can happen in a state like Maine where we're right now driving to do anything is the norm yeah let me just pull up a really quick fact here just to make sure that I am like saying the right information okay Portland is 21 square miles with 65,000 people. Mm -hmm. Gorham is 50 square miles with 18,000 people. So just there, we are two and a half times the physical length, the physical area of Portland mm -hmm. with a third to a quarter of people. So we are already spread out considerably. Mm -hmm. However, this is doable. I think what we need to implement, and I think this needs to happen at a state level, is so they've done this in Oregon and Tennessee that I know of. They've implemented what is called a, a, a growth boundary where they ask all municipalities of a certain size to define where their growth boundary ends. And they basically say, so in Oregon, they say, okay, where are you building in Portland and where are you not, right? Where is the density and where is the not? And that has worked really well for not having sprawl, for really containing where you want to build and also where you want to conserve. And right now we have this issue of just constant sprawl. Yeah. And if we implement growth boundaries per, municipal, per, munis, per municipality basis, that is a way that we can really make sure that we are centering our development where we need it to. Mm -hmm. One of the big problems we as a state are going to run into, and this requires a solution, is many of our farmers and farms, which everyone loves, everyone wants farms, they are land rich and cash poor farmers retirements are selling their land to developers that is how they're able to retire you don't make you're not rich being a farmer and if we want to stop sprawl we need an answer to that we need to we need a real answer other than i'm sorry you just can't do this anymore now you just can't retire. If we want farms, we need to give them away. And I think that is a completely ignored thing when we talk about development and sprawl that people don't yeah, get. Totally. That makes sense. <sighs> what else do you feel like it's important to say? Or is there ways you think people should get involved? Is there anything you else you want people to know generally? I think for me, because I am a nerd and cares, care about the ordinances and zoning, that conversation about the South Gorham Crossroads has really been left out. 
And it would, uh, to me, I think that's an important voice there. Are you talking about, what are the crossroads, 25 and Sorry. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. The zone that uh, doesn't allow for single family homes, uh, that is mixed use and, and multifamily only, that is what we call the South Gorm Crossroads. Just for somebody who wants to look that up, what is what where how would you describe how to find that? Is it a cross of two streets currently, or what would it be? No, it's just South Gorm. It's literally where the turnpike is going to be, is where we've zoned that. To look that up, you'd have to look at our zoning map, which and isn't. There's not going to be like an exit every mile, right? No, so there's going to be. It's one place. It's just one central place where the yeah. turnpike ends. No, along the turnpike, too. Oh, okay. The idea is to really utilize this land for the benefit of Gorm as a whole. And I think this is what many places really miss the mark on when highways get built, is they don't actively think about how does this work within the greater ecosystem to better us. They just think, woo, highway getting built. And yeah, I'm usually, I swear, this is a weird spot for me to be in because I'm usually not i'm usually just very anti-highway just in general but i think it, it we're doing a lot of the steps that we should be doing i think to me the biggest thing is if you want to make your voice heard you totally can peter mills is very open to talking to the public including he gives out his public cell phone number all the time he just says call him i've just called him and we've just talked and if you want your voice heard on this project he's very open about it. I think the municipalities have less say over it happening, but are definitely working with the MTA. But I'd say the MTA is the the big driver right there, the ones spending the money and they're the ones doing the plans. Yep. Um, are there any yeah. public meetings coming up in the next month or so? I know there are, but I don't know the okay. whens. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's, yeah, the MTA is holding, yeah. What's your background and how did you get into this? What's my background? How did I get into this? I have a master's of public policy. And for me, I moved around a lot. And now that I live in a community and I really live in this great community of Gorham, I want to do my part to give back. And so I'm going to use my education to, I started with the planning board in Gorham to really act local. I think it's incredibly, if I wasn't clear about this, incredibly important that people take an active role in their community. And I see it as really civic responsibility that we all owe to each other to be a part of the community. And so now that I really am in a place with my lovely wife and my four-month-old uh, baby, a four-month-old daughter, uh, give back. And giving back by doing the hard work of being a counselor. Uh, it is important. I think people really ignore actually being a part of their community. And this is something I've just, this is something really I've learned working like municipally is like, you start hearing the same names over and over again in terms of volunteers and people who get involved. And the thing that has been really interesting to me is the people who complain and the people who do the work, totally separate. That is that has been something that I've been really, it's just been a, like eye-opening of just like, oh, wow, yeah, there are people that complain and there are people that do the work. 
they're separate. And I would love for the people who complain to come do the work. And anything for people who care about these issues, highways, walkability, all that stuff, like how do you think what's the most valuable thing that they can do to get involved, whether they're in Gorham or Portland or wherever? Speaking of these public meetings, of which I don't know when they are, but if you look up, I think a few weeks ago, they came out with a big press release that should have information about when the public hearings are. I think making themselves heard, I think the big thing that I would suggest, because if I'm being honest, I don't know how much this would be stopped because of how far along the project is, right? The MTA already owns a lot of the land to do it is, and this is where I think you do talk to your council, is figure out how each town is, like how the connector fits into a greater strategy, a, a larger piece of the pie instead of just going, oh yeah, that's a thing that's happening. Okay, cool. Thank you. So I'm going to edit and send this out. I'll text you when I send it out. And then we'll go from there and it'll show up this Friday in print. All right. Thank you so much for being open to my delayedness. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Good to connect. Hope to meet uh, you in person sometime. Oh. Awesome. Thank you so much.